welcome, guys, to our show we call the 3D Traders. This is where you get access to three different perspectives on how we see the market, how we trade the market, how we filter through the news. And you can tell we're very different the way we trade, the way we analyze information. And the thing is, you're getting access to three separate ideas. Um, and so that's a lot of information. Most shows will just give you one perspective. We give you access to three. You have Theta Traders, Vega Traders, Delta Traders, Big Money, Small Money, Consistent Money. And that's what this show is about. We're here to give you as much value as we can. And then, wait, how much are they paying for this show? Is it, is it 200? No? No crickets? <laughs> so, yeah, this it's show is free. free. I mean, and, and that's what we're here for, providing as much uh, value as you guys. Uh, Infinite return. Infinite return. You know, you guys can make hundreds, thousands of dollars just with the information in this show. And, that, and so, you know, make sure that you guys... Uh, take advice from professionals, but you know we're also here to give you guys some guidance on strategies, and uh, so that's what we're here for, taking you guys to the next level, level up. So uh, I wanted to talk about improvements, and so even though I've been trading since 2010, you know I've seen all kinds of different markets, I've seen all kinds of twists, strategies. You tell me, I'm still trying to improve, and having my connection to Patrick and Everson's giving me some perspectives that I've never had before. So I wanted to start with Patrick. Um, what kind of improvements are you looking for? Have you made in the past couple of weeks, uh, even though you're a seasoned trader? Well, Max, actually, for me, my most improved, uh, some, what I've improved the most recently is just my adjustment strategies. And I think it's the same for you guys, is when we make a mistake, we try to analyze what we did wrong and try to improve on it so that in the future we can do it better. So in the past years, by uh, improving on my adjustments, especially since I'm doing a lot of theta trading, when I make some trades that I would have lost money in the past, now I'm actually either break even or successful. So that makes me in the green a lot more than I used to in the past. And I think that's what people need to understand is it's not about not making mistakes. We all make mistakes. It's just about analyzing what you did wrong and trying to learn how to fix it for next time so that next time you can actually take advantage of that opportunity. So when USO literally crashed and burned, it was a costly time for me, okay? But the lessons that I learned from that, you couldn't teach me that in college, right? I learned through trial and error and I'm gonna make tenfold what I lost with USO in future trades. So for me, losing, of course it sucks, but you have to put it behind you. Use what you learn to make more money in the future. Absolutely. And so Everson, you're a seasoned trader as well. Um, and so you, are you trying to improve yourself? You know, what have you learned in the past two weeks that's improved your trading style? Or what are you trying to yeah. master to improve your trading style? Yeah, so there is, and I like that. That was all good content right there, Patrick. Um, you know, I'm the same way, but, you know, recently, and this is aside from stock markets, uh, this is related to business. I'm trying to do a business acquisition uh, on a food distribution service. One of the things that was told to me uh, by, by the business owner was that you're constantly on your toes. You're constantly on your toes and you're constantly making adjustments because nothing is ever promised especially in a business atmosphere, nothing is ever promised. Your profitability is never promised. Taking it back to the stock market, uh, one of the most recent uh, changes that I've done was to 
be more focused on selling out you know, sooner than later and not be greedy. Greed is one of those fundamentals in, in the stock market where, you know, they call it FOMO, uh, fear of missing out. If you're, if you're that type of trader, like I can be sometimes, and I think we can all be at, at some point where, uh, you know, we talked about the last episode about the U1, where I hit 101%. I said, you know what? It's already gone up to 4,000%. So, you know, what's another thousand or more, right? And <laughs> yeah. so that greed took 40% of my profitability. Uh, nonetheless, I still was profitable about 70 to 80%, whatever it was. But at the same time, I lost 40%. Um, and, and it's also one of the things that I told one, one of my clients, I said, you know what? Uh, they were getting beat up because they had made such a huge gain initially. They just got into the stock market uh, recently and just got into options within the last three to four weeks. Uh, made a huge gain uh, for the amount of money that was initially invested and took it hard on, on himself when the pullback happened. Uh, you know, it's not about it's not about FOMO. It's not about taking that profitability. It's it, uh, or it's not about FOMO. It's not about taking profitability at the at the top, but it's yeah. about taking that profitability earlier on to to capitalize on the smaller gains. Let's face it, in the markets, there is always a stock that you could be making money off of. You got yeah. hundreds of different stocks in just your your local United States, not including the stocks that you could buy from Japan. You know, stocks that you can buy from other countries and such. So there's a huge amount of opportunity that we can capitalize in. And if not just stocks, it could be commodities if, some, if, if that's something that you choose to do. But the realm of possibilities, the realm of trading, the realm of even making money in businesses uh, also is an endless amount of profitability. It's just where you choose to do your research at and how much of that research uh, applies to you to be able to make that, that fortune, that good fortune. So there you go. You know, Patrick is still trying to improve himself and he's learning from the past and he's adding that to his repertoire. And Everson is trying to work with his greed and fear uh, emotion. And so I'm sort of working uh, with a similar project as Everson uh, since I'm going back to these nano trades. I call them nano trades, you know, because you could be in a trade for 25 minutes or so. Um, it's a different trailing stop technique than if you're doing you know swing trades so i have to recalibrate my trailing stop um so like everson was mentioning you know you don't want to sell at the top it's hard to pinpoint the top i like to sell um between 15 to 20 percent short of the top that way i'm out took my profit and and i move on so you know those are the projects that we're working on and the the reason why we wanted to mention our improvements and what we're trying to work on is because as a new trader, you should constantly try to monitor yourself to improve. And the biggest lesson here is you cannot improve what you don't measure. So I wanted to go around the table here and sort of see what are you guys measuring uh, just to make sure, you know, it could be your own measurements or it could be measurements for the clients that you have to make sure that they're constantly improving and you can sort of monitor the temperature. Are they getting better, getting worse? So Everson, I want to talk with you what are you measuring to make sure that there is a consistent growth? Right. So I do do a measurement with my clients uh, as well as myself. Uh, I like to I like to do a monthly measurement on success uh, or just 
you know, sometimes it's not a, a successful month. It would be a reevaluation. What did we do right? What did we do wrong? Uh, kind of like with, you know, us guys on this show. We, we do an evaluation after every show, right? Um, because it goes back to the improvement. Wait part. a minute. Don't, we, we've already told people about the pre-show. Don't tell them about the <laughs> post-show, man. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's like we talked about, about improvement, right? That, that measure of improvement is a measure of our success. So if we are lackadaisic in our approach, if we just expect to be able to collect premium and, uh, you know, not really move, uh, it's going to show. Those signs are going to show uh, eventually in our success later on in life. Um, for, for me, I like to do a monthly assessment, but I've, get, uh, I've been getting into weekly assessments. I think uh, one of the one of the big takeaways, and I tell my clients this all the time, you need to journal. You need to journal oh and you goodness. need to stay clear to the, the thesis. Um, and, you know, journaling, especially when you go back and you, you read back on what you had written, uh, it helps you to realign yourself to be able to see how your measured success has grown over the years. And so, Patrick, um, how do you measure or, you know, what kind of things are you measuring to make sure that you're consistently growing or are you measuring anything? You know, what's your tactic here? Well, actually, you guys know that that's actually one of my weaknesses is that since I'm self-taught, everything I've done so far in my 12 years of investing has mostly been trial and error and learning from my mistakes and stuff like that. But that's the issue is that the downside to that is it's it leads often to some mistakes that can be costly as opposed to if you're more organized like like you guys are talking about like really measuring your growth and everything you can systematize it where it's a little bit more predictable so i'm still working on that that's not my area of expertise like i i just go back to my uh what I was talking about a little earlier, how like when I make a mistake, I try to adjust in the future and not do the same mistake again. But I, I'm not really good at tracking and journaling like stuff like that. It's more of a mental game, and you know I need to improve on that. I have to admit. But you know, there's also that difference between art and science. So Patrick would lean more towards the art side of a skill and you know to me it's i'm more very scientific. artistic <laughs> yeah i i you know i kind of it i i run this really tight regiment and in fact you know at, i'm very strict you can ask patrick and everson i'm very strict at the types of stocks that i look at um sometimes you know it's this dictatorship in my in my world here uh but what i measure for my growth is you know so what what everson's growing into is uh, monitoring uh, weekly numbers you know am i hitting my my profit zones um so in my in my journal i have all these specific profit zones that i need to hit for specific tactics you know uh, uh credit spreads back spreads uh theta trading you name it i need to hit a specific number and if i don't hit that number hey what did, what did i do wrong uh so that's what i'm monitoring now here comes my little story i'm gonna take you guys back for a specific reason to um 1805 and this is a british navy uh naval battle um napoleon was uh the leader of the french and this is where the british was fighting the uh the french and the spanish fleet um the french and the spanish fleet together had uh, around 33 ships 
the British only had 27. So what uh, Villeneuve, who was the, uh, the admiral for the French Navy, what he did is he said, well, let's just go on the outside and form this line that's very tight and into formation. And then we will just be able to protect ourselves while we still, you know, uh, diminish the opponent. But what um, Nelson, who was the admiral for the British Navy, what he did is he saw that the, the, the French and Spanish fleet was creating order, a nice formation, a nice line, and he knew that he was outnumbered by about six ships. So what he did is he actually created chaos. So he sent his ship to go between the spacing of this line and attacked on both sides all the ships that created weaknesses. So now they were fighting two ships for every one ship. And so that battle was quickly won for the British. And then he went on to, uh, to take on the other ships. And so what happened is the British lost zero ships and the French oh. and Spanish together lost 22 ships. The reason why I talked about this story is the British knew they couldn't fight in an orderly for, uh, formation. So what they did is they created chaos. And that's going to lead me into the market. Um, so you can always find chaos in order, and you can always find order in chaos. You can either zoom in or zoom out or make different strategies. You can't manipulate the market. You can't tell it, hey, you know, I want you to stop doing this kangaroo market that uh, Patrick's talking about. I want you to flatline. You can't really do that. But when you zoom in, zoom out, and there's all kinds of strategy to do that. So I wanted to start with Patrick. Are there any things that you do or strategies that you use when the market's creating an environment that's not um, good for your natural trading behavior? Do you just yeah, sit absolutely. on the sidelines or you do something else? No, I think that anyone, the first thing you need to do is find the market that works for your strategy. Because my mentor said before that it's never a good time to both buy and sell at the same time because like either you're at the peak of the cycle or you're at the bottom. So, you know, it depends also people talk about diversifying. Well, right now this show is mostly about the stock market, right? But you can diversify into real estate. You can diversify into financial instruments. You don't have to just buy stocks. So when stocks don't match your strategy, you can invest in something else. I started my investment career with uh, mortgage notes. After the recession in 2008, the banks were selling them at huge discounts. So I could have bought like almost any of them and made huge profits with it. But years later, when the market recovered, that strategy wasn't necessarily as profitable anymore because the supply really became much tighter. Well, what did I do? I pivoted into investing more in the stock market and real estate. So you always have to, the first thing I would say to that answer is look for the part of the investment world that matches your strategy. Now, if you really can't find something then you'll have to maybe change your strategy. So there you go. Think outside the box, you know, look for different kinds of investments where the timing is, is a better match. There's so different cycles for each investment. They're not always at the same time. Right. Absolutely. And so let's go with uh, Everson. Um, you know, so what are you, what are your techniques when the market's not resonating with your trading model? 
So I, I wanted to touch base uh, a little bit uh, while listening to Patrick. He lined me up on a, on a topic that was brought to my attention uh, earlier on in the week. Uh, it's a client, or it's not a client. It's a, well, a client brought this to my attention. There's a boy committed suicide off of a, a $700,000 loss in the Robinhood account. Um, I don't know the specifics uh, to it. Uh, I'd like to think that it was a glitch in the system. I hear from, I have mixed um, reviews about it being a glitch and, uh, you know, getting a few options, um, selling calls or, or, or buying uh, calls and this and that. But the reason why I mentioned this is, is because, you know, do what you know and know what you do. But if you don't know, then ask somebody. It's important to have a coach. Uh, NFL players will hire coaches on the side in addition to the coaches that they have uh, within their team. They do personal coaches. Uh, successful, successful actors and actresses will hire personal coaches for meal prep plans. You even got the uh, uh, gamers, big gamers. They have food coaches. They have personal coaches. Wow. People hire coaches for a reason. And the big thinkers and the big money makers will hire a coach. I'm not just saying this just to promote the brand and promote us, but it's really important that you know what you do and do what you know to end results like this, right? I, I feel sorry for the family. I'm not just trying to make this an opportunity for me to just sneak in and get a cheap shot. Uh, I, I feel for the family. I feel for the, the life that was lost. But at the same time, if there was a little more education placed into it and there was a little more thought process placed into it with the right with the right kind of mentors in your life, this would not have happened because it shouldn't have yeah. happened. But moving on to chaos without order. In my life, when I see that the markets isn't working in, in the, the ways that I want it to, and I've been caught many times in this, sometimes it's good to, to just do a, a sell-off. Patrick and I were doing similar uh, trades where we're selling off a lot of the stocks because we don't see value in them driving for a long, long run despite what the dividend says, um, there's just too much speculation going on. So I'm staying in cash. Max doesn't like to stay in cash. I like to stay in cash. I think that's something that Patrick's doing as well. So I'll stay in cash, but at the same time, I'll seek opportunity in, in short games. So I've made adjustments. And this is the thing about the stock market. You will constantly have to make adjustments. 2000 and 2020 is two different realms. 2010 yeah. To 2020 is totally different realms. We can look at data research, uh, you know, based on history, but the way money is manipulated now, we never had cryptocurrency back then. We never had uh, what, what China is doing with their system with the QR codes. We've never had a, a, a type of, um, of trading currency like we have in China. So the game has changed. And what you know, the dynamic of that, if you look at our currency, uh, we, we still have that manipulation with the dollar because you can get, get counterfeit money. But in well, China, you, you can't right get a... Now. Right. But in China, you can't get a, a counterfeit QR. All of that stuff is monitored within the system. So I think, you know, moving forward, even looking at the manipulation in the markets, it changes things. So we constantly have to be on our toes, constantly have to be seeking yeah. the latest technologies and seeking the latest uh, algorithm changes that happens in, a, in and around the, the uh, stocks that we're looking at. So 
Uh, it's it's a race for information, you know, and so right. that's why, you know, like Everson was talking about getting that coaching or the information. It's who has the cutting edge information, you know, will will succeed the most at that time. And so I wanted to uh, move on real quick to um, there's a quote that's from football, you know, Patriot organization. And it says, if you wait until halftime to make adjustments, you're late. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, so. What are you guys doing at halftime or before halftime when you're in a position to make adjustments? Uh, I want to start with you, Everson. At halftime? Uh, before so halftime, I'm, you know, because well, at halftime, halftime, you probably lost money or whatever. If something's well, going against you. Well, I wouldn't know. I, I wouldn't know this more than anybody. I w- I'm a Green Bay Packer fan. And about two years back, they were making adjustments at the half. After the half, that, that's when they would turn up the juice. So that's too late. They should have been, uh, you know, ahead. And they made the adjustment, and now we win in the beginning half, and we just kind of coasted at the end. So with that being <laughs> said, as far as what I do, uh, I, I sort of – I've started a strategy now. It's a new strategy to be able to hit it and, and three points. I'm focusing on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday strategy. I may take days off on the Tuesday, Thursday, uh, and just observe the market. Reason being, I'm seeking confirmation. So usually what you would do is you would wait one or two days for a confirmation. If I take Tuesday and Thursday off, I get the ability to be able to coast it. So this is a strategy that's new to me. I've never done it before, but I'm willing to test it out to see what, uh, you know, what it presents itself. Um, stepping back. And so that stepping would be back, an adjustment to the current situation in the market, right? Right. right. Okay. Stepping back to observe and, things. And so, uh, Patrick, what kind of uh, adjustments are you making before halftime where it might be too late? Well, Max, that's a really good question, but it's a very tough question because it really depends on which type of trade you're working on. Um, Especially right now, since right now I'm more in the Teda gang, it's more about preemptively looking at where the market's going so that your position isn't threatened and adjusting accordingly. So it's much, much, much slower pace than when you're doing momentum trades because right now, especially on the instrument that I'm trading on, it's not moving very quickly. So right now, my life is very simple. I mean, I go to bed. I don't uh, worry too that. much. Oh, uh, yeah, nothing wrong with that. You you know how that premium life is. So it's very <laughs> different from when you're doing momentum trades. So I don't feel as qualified to answer that question because right now, like w- the type of trade I'm doing doesn't require that much attention all day. Uh. My, my life's too easy. I don't have to deal with those problems. <laughs> um, and then the types of adjustments that I do, and, and a big adjustment that I'm doing right now, which is sort of the theme of this episode, is chaos into order, order into chaos. Um, so I've been doing a lot of delta trading just because of how the market's been bouncing around, like Patrick's been talking about, the kangaroo market. Kangaroo, yeah. And so it wasn't really working on the delta level. So what I did is I zoomed into my charts all the way down to five-minute uh, charts because the market was too flat overall on the day chart i needed more chaos for you know a delta trading you want movements when you're delta trading so i zoomed in into the five minute chart and then you can actually see some big uh you know mountains and valleys and so that's where i'm, I'm making that adjustment i'm turning that that flat order into chaos by zooming in so that's a technique you guys can use um that's it for today uh you know this was an amazing show again amazing. i was accompanied with Patrick, 
Uh, before becoming a market assassin, Patrick was a renowned assassin in a video game. And then, you know, again, I was I was uh, joined with Everson here, who in middle school, he actually took over his business class because he knew more than his professor. So, hey, thanks so much for your uh, enthusiasm. We love the questions that you guys are sending us. You know, click like, subscribe. If you guys are looking for mentorship, you know, click on the links below for access to Everson and myself. And then you also have Patrick, who's going to deliver some products in a couple of weeks. So we love you guys. We'll see you next time. Make it a great trade or not. The choice is yours. Take care.